0: Today I've got Brooke Mitchell on the show, and I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. Brooke has been on staff at Snowbird for a while now, spending her summers with us. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to have Brooke share her personal experience, which is one in the last year of tragedy and suffering. And it's it's a topic that's never enjoyable to talk about, but that everybody has to sort of work through. And I hope that Brooke's story is super encouraging to you. And that you hear the joy of the Lord even in the midst of tragedy. She's an extremely special young lady, an amazing young woman, so mature for her age and loves the Lord and loves ministry. And it's just an honor to serve with her in ministry and then to be able to have her on the show. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to No Sanity Required. Welcome to No Sanity Required, from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. All right, Brooke, so I want to talk a little bit about how you got to camp, because you were never a camper, right?
1: Yes, I never came as a camper. Um, I had heard about it through a friend of my brother's. She was interning, and she was like, y'all should come work here. Who was that? Mariah Pelton.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Is she still around?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. okay so, but and then you came, if I remember, you came first on servant team,
1: yes, yeah, just- what in the <laughs>
0: world, how in the world did you you never been to a snowbird and you're like, i want to go be so if you for listeners that don 't know what servant team is, uh servant team is a program where the people in that program are campers, they have camper status because they 're all minors, and it's basically like a counselor and training type program, so we we're investing in. 15 to 17-year-olds. Some of them are 18 years old, but um, usually their average age about 16, 17, probably 17, and the goal is to develop future snowbird leaders, so it's a, it's a discipleship program, but it's hard work. What's your plug for Servant Team?
1: Oh, I loved it. I would go back and do it all over again if okay. I could. I didn't know what it was when I applied for it, though. <laughs> I had originally started the staff application and realized I wasn't old enough. And then I found the servant team one and I was like, well, I'm old enough, so I'll apply. And I had no idea what it was.
0: <laughs> that is so funny because, well, for one, because there's so much hard work involved because mm-hmm. you're basically doing the the task of like a hotel housekeeper yeah. and a janitor and food service. I mean, it's all these really grunt jobs, but the discipleship is real intentional.
1: Oh, yes. I loved it so much. It was the best thing ever.
0: There's, I mean, like on our staff right now, I'm trying to think. I know Harry McSween was on Mm -hmm. Servant Team. And I think we have several other staff members that that started on Servant Team. Caroline Ellis was on Servant
1: Team. Yeah, and both the Scots, Tara and Austin.
0: Austin and Tara, uh, the same year. Yeah. And now they're married with a baby. Yes. And then Rocky Mm -hmm. Mabry was on Servant Team. There's probably others. But, um, okay, so you came in on Servant Team. Was that 2017? Yes. 2017. Mm -hmm. And then you've been back and worked on staff. Where you in school?
1: Um, I go to school at Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma Baptist.
0: You got one more year. One more year. <laughs> You're ready That's to good. be done.
1: I I love school and I'm very I enjoy it, but I'm very ready to be done.
0: And so you were in Oklahoma when the quarantine stuff started. So you went. You stay out there? Or did you go home? Were you doing already at home doing online since? Because we're going to get into why you were at home.
1: Yes, I moved home in January. Um, and I was, so I was already home
0: the whole time. Were you doing online school or were you taking the semester off?
1: I took like one class online, but that was it.
0: Okay, so let I want to get right into that then. The, the reason that um, I asked you to come on, and we've been planning this, trying to get the schedule to work most of the summer. But you went through crazy, crazy tragedy um, last fall that ended with the, with the death of your mom. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your family dynamic. So... You're it's a big family.
1: A very big family. I have seven siblings.
0: Where are you in the... I'm
1: the oldest girl, the second oldest kid. So I have an older mm-hmm. brother.
0: Curtis is oldest? Yes, Curtis is oldest. Okay, who also worked at SWOG?
1: Yes, 2018.
0: Get a, we need more Mitchells here. <laughs> yes, all the so Mitchells. So it's Curtis, then you, mm-hmm. and then six, uh, five more. Uh, seven total? Yes,
1: eight total. Eight There's total, so six, six more. Six more. Mm-hmm.
0: And how many of them came to camp this summer? Three?
1: Three of them came this summer.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I told, uh, I think I told you to tell your dad they have, like Mitchell kids have scholarship for life to Snowbird So, and Swo Swag at the Snack Shack when they come. (laughs) So, walk me through the events of last fall.
1: Um, Well, so, kind of like a little backstory. My mom had cancer five years ago. Or, my freshman year of high school was when she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, She went through it for a year, um, but then she was declared, like, clean and, like, she was good. But last fall, she started having, like, a lot of pain, and she was perfectly fine. Like, she catered a wedding the Saturday before Thanksgiving, um, but then Thanksgiving Day, she just, like, was in a lot of pain, so they took her to the hospital uh, and found out her cancer had come back, mm. and it was, they didn't really tell us much then, um, but it was moving very fast. Like, she was in a lot of pain the rest of the weekend, and so I went back to school on Saturday, said bye to her, and really thought everything would be fine. But then they drove home, and the whole drive back, we were in Georgia, so the whole drive back to Florida, she was just in a lot of pain, and so they took her right to the emergency room, and then she had never left after that. Mm. Um, And so I went back to school. I was there for a week, and then the next Sunday, I got a call that I'd have to come home, and so friends of ours, like, flew me and my brother back home, um, and it just, like, all happened so fast, and I really didn't know what to expect. I knew she was sick, but I, the whole time, really thought she would be fine. Like mm-hmm. so I have been through this before, like she'll be good. It's not that big of a deal. She's probably just in pain. And it wasn't until the airport on the way back that it really hit me, like how bad it was. Um, and so we came home on a Sunday and I believe Tuesday or Wednesday it was that she had passed away. Um, so it was very fast. It would really only been like two weeks since we even found out her cancer had come back. Um, so.
0: Yeah, that, <clears throat> I think that was what was so shocking even for, and I think a lot of even people that are going to be listening to this or in the snowbird family, extended family community. Everybody was praying for the Mitchell family. And, you know, you hear something like this. I can remember, I think I was texting with you some, but I wasn't talking to you. It's always tricky to know that like you're, you're being bombarded with uh, people calling, texting, but a lot of people were extending to you. Hey, we're praying for you, praying for you. But I think, you know, on my side, uh, speaking for some one on the outside, you just kind of think, "Oh, I heard this information. Brooke's mom's got cancer. It's back. It's not good. Let's pray for her." But in my mind, I think I thought, oh, "But it'll work out. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. This is and and it was crazy how fast it went. Yes. Crazy, like head spinning. And and I wanted to. And she was an awesome mama. Yes, she
1: was. She was the best."
0: Anna Snowbird mm-hmm. she loves Snowbird she
1: loves Snowbird a lot she she had, it as much as she could
0: came to Snowbird a lot had Snowbird t-shirts and I think I remember uh we you know there was like a little slide show that was put together here that we watched and, and praying for y'all and you know she had I mean like 3 of those pictures she's wearing a Snowbird shirt yeah. yes. and I I wanted to this is this is still very raw I mean we're we're recording this at the end of July this is raw. Yeah. And I feel like, and I I was sharing with this, we were talking before we went live. I feel like a lot of times there are stories of hope in the middle of suffering or pain that we hear from people, but we hear them like years later, like, okay, I went through this, you know, I've shared the story of the, of the crash in 07 so many times now you've heard that. And I still have some some trauma at night sometimes like if I hear a noise at night and I wake up my mind will go there you know so you always deal with some residual uh, trauma and the effects of it this is what we see with combat veterans uh, paramedics people that constantly have death and trauma in front of them they wrestle with the with those things but you get when you go through something personally like for you where you're at 10 years from now is way different than where you're at right now by then you're going to be you're going to be a wife, a mom. You're going to have gone through a long season of adult life. You're going to have your own mission, your own focus. Your siblings are going to have grown to adulthood. You're in a different place. So if you sit down, if we, and we'll do this again. We sit down then and have this conversation. It's a different perspective. What I, what I wanted for people to be able to hear is... Here's a situation that's still raw. You're in the middle of it. Your dad is still picking up the pieces and all of this. Your siblings are still dealing with, I mean, you had moved out, but they're still living in the home where she's the caregiver. So this is raw. And I want to just spend a few minutes showing people what hope looks like in the middle of suffering. It doesn't mean you don't suffer and it doesn't mean it's easy But you have a hope that's because what's been so shocking to me is how upbeat, how joyful you've been. Like when I've talked to you, because I was reaching out to you right after your mom passed and I was blown away at your composure. But I also I know like, okay, Brooks squared away in her faith. The Lord sustains us more in these types of seasons But what has this journey been like in terms of your relationship with the Lord? What have you learned about dealing with suffering, hope, stuff like that? Like, what's this process been like?
1: Yeah, It's been definitely a weird season of life, obviously. And growing in the Lord in this way has been difficult. Um, But one of the things I had started doing, even before all this happened, um, I had started reading the Psalms and um, just learning how David, like, cries out to the Lord. And that was one of the biggest things for me is just recognizing that David, like even in his faith, like how strong he was, there are so many Psalms where he's just like, Lord, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And why would you do this? And like questioning it. Um, And so I think a lot of this past like seven months has been me just questioning the Lord, but also like trusting that he's good. Um, And here at camp, like Monday night, we talk about the Lord is sovereign, the Lord is good. And those are two things I've had to hold on to. Um, Even when I, like, I always always have known that, but it's very hard for me to, like, trust that sometimes. Um, so I've had to learn how to, like, really put my faith in that and just trust that the Lord has a plan for this, even if I don't see it now or I don't want to see it now. Um, and even, like, it's been cool because there's been so many times where I've just been ready to give up and ready to run away. Um, I tell people all the time, like, I'm running away. I'm going to Colorado. Like, that's my <laughs> place that I go to. Um, but the Lord has constantly just been faithful to, like, call me back to Him and, because if it was my own strength, like I would have ran away like a very mm-hmm. long time ago. Um, but the Lord has been really good to just keep calling me back to Him and keep showing me more of who He is, and just like how much He loves me and how much He cares for me, how much He cares for my family. So it's it's been good, but mm-hmm. definitely like a lot of just asking the Lord why.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a there's this um, it's from some ancient culture. I don't remember, you know, like maybe the Spartans or, but it's this saying. About dying with your boots on, and it like I want to die with my boots on. In other words, I don't want to grow to be an old decrepit person who's in a an assisted living facility and who is a burden to my kids or whatever. The idea is, I want to I, I want to be living and thriving in the seasons of life that matter when my time comes. And it's like it's I'm, I've always been torn on that. I thought, and 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 the way that be that saying came to be is more a warrior's death is better than growing old and decrepit. Okay. But I think, man, that same thing, like if I think your mom went to meet the Lord when she was thriving in the seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that's really beautiful because I've always had this desire that I'll finish well. Yeah. And I think the longer I'm on this earth, the more opportunity to not finish well. Yeah. I mean, I know so many people, so many In my life, I've watched so many people now, you know, I'm I'm hitting, uh, I think I'm older than your mom was, which is crazy to think. Um, And so I'm at a season of life that in a lot of cultures and a lot of times in society would be, um, I would be an old man. I'm 48 right now, and that would make me an old man, you know, where life expectancy is below 50. But in our society, you know, people live into their 80s consistently, but how many people have zero productivity for the gospel in their sixties, seventies, and eighties because this American mindset or Western mindset is get to the place where you can retire. It's the it's the nineteen ninety nine Piper sermon, Don't Waste Your Life sermon at at, at Passion One Day, that it, literally it's like, what are you gonna do to finish well? And there's something there's something that I think when I think about your mom and people like her, who the Lord calls home at what we feel like is early, but she checked out in the thriving season of life, like she was she finished strong she did. there's no chance she's not going to finish strong, you know, and there's something gratifying you know, and I think uh even in the darkest situations, we can look at it and go okay there's there's something positive that comes out of this. So what, like, what is the responsibility now? What do you, what do you think, what do you think God wants? This is a, this a loaded hard question and I don't have a right answer. I'm just curious where you land on this. What do you think God's plans for you are moving forward? Like, um, what are your plans next? What are you going to do next? You're going to go back to school and, and try to get that finished up.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'll go back to school. I graduate next May. But after that, I'm not sure. Um, last August, I'd actually called my mom because I was pretty sure I was going to go overseas for two years. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is my plan. And it was funny because she was like, oh, yeah, I, already, I figured you'd do that. <laughs> like, sure I knew. Um, but now with everything that's happened, I don't think that's, like, the right next step. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what's next. I know that I want to continue to serve the Lord, like, in ministry, um, hopefully full-time. But whatever that looks like, I like want to continue to serve the Lord in, like, share my story, and, like, share what the Lord's done in my life, Um, because I was talking to um, Harry McSween the other day, just talking about kind of looking at this, like, as it's a gift of, like, I now have this experience I can share and help others with, Mm -hmm. and help them through that, and so, whatever I'm doing, like, I know that's kind of what it looks like, Um, I'm not sure, it's also been hard, because, like, I do feel a lot more responsibility towards my siblings now, Mm -hmm. Um, my youngest sibling's, like, eight, and so, just seeing them, and them being young, and, like, what's next in their lives, just kind of trying to figure out the balance of, okay, I have to go on and pursue the Lord and what he's called me to, but also I want to serve my siblings well. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm not really sure. What How they
0: are, are they, are, I'm sure they're all handling it a little different. Mm-hmm. Any of them struggling harder than the others? Um, and you don't have to say names, but.
1: Not, not from an outward perspective. Um, I think my older brother, he moved back to Oklahoma. Um, right after it happened and so he was kind of by himself and so I think for him it might have been a little bit harder and him and my mom like we are all close to my mom but him and my mom were really close um, but I'm not entirely sure I haven't talked to a lot of them about it specifically um, just because I haven't known how to like approach it myself and so asking them not knowing what to ask them really mm-hmm. is hard um, but they've all been handling it pretty well and my younger siblings are going back to school this year so they're like looking mm. forward to that and they're excited so
0: Crazy Tom and with the quarantine. Yes. They all end up at home.
1: Yeah, well, they're all homeschooled anyway. So
0: was, okay, so that wasn't a huge, how is your dad going to, what in the world? Is he yeah. going to homeschool all of them?
1: Uh, no, the youngest, or the oldest two are, um, they'll stay homeschooled and probably go to the community college and stuff, but the youngest three are, are going to go back to school.
0: Okay. Is that a school right, like, is it a public school right there, or is it a Christian school?
1: It's a Christian school. My dad's actually a financial advisor at that school. Okay. So it just kind of worked out. Cool.
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm dying to ask you this question, which before I ask this last question here, um, uh, before I ask this, um, we're going to get you to snowbird. That's going to be what you do for your next step. We're going to, we want to keep Brooke around, um, because she is literally, there are some people that God fashioned for camp ministry. And it's like, uh, and, but then there's the snowbird side of camp ministry, which if you've been to snowbird, you know we are so different and unique in the in our approach to ministry from a camp setting and platform. And so even you have you know, people that have, that have worked in other camps or that have studied camp ministry at Christian colleges, they're like, ah, snowbird's so different. And so anyway, not only is Brooke, not only are you cut out for, I think you're just made for camp ministry. I think you're made for snowbird camp ministry. So there's my plug for that. We'll we'll revisit that. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I want you to tell me what, what about your mom? What do you see of in yourself? What do you see of her? Like, what, like, are there times where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm my mom. There's that commercial I've been seeing. It's the dude walking around with people. It's, I think, Geico yeah. or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah. trying to teach them not to be like their parents. The one dude's reading a submarine book, and he says, who, who else reads books about submarines? And the guy's like, my dad. And so where are those moments? I had one of these yesterday about my mom where I couldn't remember a guy's name. I had just said, oh, yeah, man, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, and I couldn't remember his name. That's something my mom does. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got this dear friend. And then she's like, I can't remember her name. What's her name? Because mm-hmm. she's everybody's dear friend. You know, she's so yeah. Was, and then there's things I have, my dad's been dead and gone for years. There's things where I'm like, oh my gosh, that was my dad. Yeah. So what What do you like? Where do you see your mom and your personality?
1: Um, well, I look a lot like my mom. So that's one thing. Just like every time I see myself in the mirror, it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing is my mom. Love to sing. And it's really funny because I cannot sing at all whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but she would always just sing, like, all the time. And so I've caught myself doing that or, like, singing. When I'm trying to, like, tell my siblings to do something, like, I'll sing the words. And she used to do that all the time. Um, and so that's definitely a big one. Or, like, just in moments of, like, stress and stuff, I'll just, like, start singing whatever I'm thinking yeah. or just, like, singing. Um, and so that's, that's definitely, like, her. She did that. Yeah. And she also just, like, loved to make people laugh. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: Brooke Mitchell is literally the best stage person, uh, like presence that we've had for like funny, goofy skits and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. She we used to do um, girls in action like mm-hmm. our one site program. My GAs, mom, yeah, yeah, my mom used to run that. And so every year for our like sleepover, we'd have a fashion show, and her and her best friend would dress up as like Betty and Bertha, and they were like this grandma like duo, and they'd just get on stage and like oh, just man. be funny and. So I think that I definitely get from her for sure.
0: That's so great. Um, my favorite moment of the summer with you on stage, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so we have Brooke come on stage for for those of you listening. We ever come on stage and sing every week and you're right. You're not a good singer, but all. I appreciate so much <laughs> how much heart and soul goes into that. It's like skit sort of, it's sort of like a variety show moment. And people, and it's funny because people that know you are falling out of their oh, chairs. Yeah. All the students, there, there, they'll be. There's six, seven hundred people sitting there. Two hundred of them have never been to Snowbird, and they're yeah. so confused because we do this on the first day of the week. They're like, "What is this girl? Do they think she's really singing good." And what are you? You're singing some pop song.
1: Um, I've sang uh, One Direction. What makes you beautiful?
0: Okay, okay. So then there's this moment where the first week, Curtis Batten, who's basically our MC kind of runs the the stage stuff and the skits and games he's going to sneak up behind you and hit you in the face with a pie which is this is a long standing thing in snowbird skits and games so curtis and i'm standing right side stage and i'm watching this i see him he goes over he takes the cool the whipped cream cool whip whatever he sprays it on the in the tray the little plate and he's going to sneak up behind you and hit you in the face with it And Curtis is an agile, athletic dude, and he's a grown man. And as he's coming up, you catch him out of the corner of your eye, and you Mm stiff-armed him and knocked him off of the stage. (laughs) He lands flat on his rear in the gravel. That's a four-foot stage. He lands on the ground in the gravel, rolls into the front row of, like, girl campers, Mm -hmm. and the pie ends up all over him. Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard. Like people are just screaming and it's like, and Curtis handled it great. Anybody else, you know, it it would have been easy to be really embarrassed and offended. He bounced up, laughed it off. It was great. But I literally, you were like the hero of the day when you did that. And it was so great. It it was so fun. And then also, uh, um, you're, I, I appreciate that. You're also, there's a serious side because you've got a role in the story of God yes. sketch that we do, which is just awesome. So, last thing, um, what, what do you think? What's the one thing you think looking back on this season, not just going back to, let's jump out of last December and let's go to this summer? Mm-hmm. Where you're at right now, I always like to ask people this what, what do you think? The, what is the thing the Lord's showing you and teaching you in your personal life right now? Whether it's connected to all of this or not, I'm sure it is, and we're seven months fresh. So what do you think the Lord's showing you right now? What's, what's the thing that you're learning?
1: Um, the Lord is definitely showing me more of just how he holds my life. Um, at the beginning of the summer, I would make the joke all the time, like, oh, my life is falling apart. Like, I don't know what's going next. Like, my life is falling apart. Um, but I've been studying Colossians this summer, and there's one verse where he says he holds all things. And so when I was reading that, like, I mean, I'd read it so many times, but it was like the fourth time I was reading it, like... I was just thinking through it, and the Lord was just reminding me, like, I hold all things. Like, I hold your life, I hold this ministry, I hold your sibling's life, um, and, like, it's all up to me. It's not up to you. Like, I'm holding it. Your life is not falling apart. And so that's a big thing, like, I've had to learn of just, like, okay, my life is not falling apart, so what can I do? Like, I just have to keep moving forward, Um, because there are times where I look to the future, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to push on, because I don't know what's next and like every next step without my mom is like harder Mm -hmm. um when i came into camp this summer like processing through like okay i'm here now and i've been here for four years but this time i'm here and my mom isn't on Mm -hmm. the other side of it um and so just remembering like but the lord is still there and the lord is still holding me um and he'll be with me through every next step Um, so that's like a big reminder for me and also just like reminding myself that i have to keep pressing into the lord because other people are going to ask me questions about what happened um, and people are going to have similar experiences, and I want to be able to give them an answer um, and, like, point them to Christ in that. So I myself have to keep pushing pushing into Christ and remembering, like, he's holding me. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest thing I
0: That's say. good. That's really encouraging. What about, um, <clears throat> I said that was the last question, but one, one thought that came when you were answering that. There tends to be, when, when tragedy happens, there tends to be an initial huge outpouring of support. But then, as the weeks and months wane, then people just sort of forget, and maybe they don't forget. But if someone thinks about your family situation once in every two weeks, yeah. you're thinking about it every moment of every day. Do you? Do you? What would you say? How important do you think it is that people are still showing you that? Hey, we're praying for you. We love you. We're supporting you. Um, I guess was there a pretty big drop off of that? compared to what the initial wave was and then what does it mean to you now when you know oh man I know this person's intentionally praying for me these people care about me. Snowbird's a great place because it's like this big family community and everybody loves you so much and and literally is praying for you and your family. And it was especially fresh when your siblings were at camp a couple weeks ago. So what like um do you feel like there was a lot of that support on the front end and then it of started to sort of wane and fall away?
1: Um, A little bit, especially with, like, the coronavirus and all that that happened. Like, a lot of people were preoccupied with that kind of stuff. Um, So there was, like, a little bit of a drop-off, but it's still been a lot of people who have been reaching out and just letting me know they've been praying for me. And a lot of my mom's family um, who, like, her cousins and stuff, like, have reached out to me and have just been like, hey, like, I loved your mom and I'm still, like, we're still here for you Mm -hmm. no matter what. Um, and so it's been really good, and, like, a lot of summer staff here or, like, full-time here have been, like, really helpful in just, like, um, listening to me when I'm, like, going through something or when I'm thinking about my mom or when I'm processing through something. They've just been there to listen. Um, I was even up in the media office, like, a couple weeks ago, and they'd asked about my ring, which is, like, from my mom. And so they were just, like, does it, like, bother you, like, when people ask? And I was, like, no, like, not at all. And they were all just, like, Well you can come up here anytime and, like, tell us stories mm-hmm. or just, like, talk about it if you need to. Mm-hmm. And so... It's definitely there's like a slight drop off, but I mean people have still been super. Showing supportive.
0: support it's good. That's good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Love you, appreciate you, and we are here for you. We're gonna keep we're gonna figure out a way to keep you around when you get that <laughs> education knocked out. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.